Hello, and welcome back to the Magic in the Moon podcast. My name is David. I'm your host. And today I'm excited because I'm going to talk to you all about something I've never talked about on the show before, which is the elements. I'm going to talk about what the elements are, who uses them, why they're important. And I'm going to give some examples of things that they're associated with, as well as some examples of how they might be used in ritual or spell work. But before we get into it, I'm going to give the disclaimer that I always try to give, which is that anything that I say here is just a reflection of my own opinions through research and personal experience. So the things that I'm talking about does not necessarily apply to everyone, and that's okay. So if I say something that doesn't resonate with you, or if I say something that doesn't line up with how you practice, that's totally fine. These are just my own thoughts, and let's get into it. So... For those of you that don't know, the elements are usually considered to be earth, air, fire, and water, although some practitioners may choose to acknowledge a fifth element, which is usually called spirit, but can also be called ether or akasha. Um, Not every practitioner or tradition works with the elements, and you don't have to by any means, but because many people do, um, I do want to just explain some things about this. I do encourage everyone to research some more because there's so much information on this and it's much, much more than I can condense into a 30 minute episode. So I'm gonna do my best to be concise and thorough, but I definitely encourage everyone to go research for themselves and see what you come up with and what resonates with you. So for those that choose to work with the elements, um, the elements are said to represent the building blocks of the universe and to symbolically represent the physical states of matter. Each element also has its own qualities and correspondences. The elements are usually invoked during the casting of a magic circle, and not everyone works with the magic circle, but for those that do, the elements can often be part of that. And the casting of a circle usually takes place at the beginning of a ritual. Each element is also linked to a cardinal direction, which means north, east, south, and west. And um, just one example of how that might work is a practitioner might face a certain direction. So for example, um, many people associate the elements of earth with north. So one example of a way someone might invoke the earth element is they might face the direction of north with their palms upward and then welcome the element into the circle. But that's just one way that that can happen. Um, This process of welcoming the elements into the circle is sometimes called calling the quarters. Um, this can be as simple as just addressing each element by name, or it can be as complex as like very wordy incantations that might be recited. And again, not everyone does this, but many people do. And the first element typically worked with is Earth. Earth is our planetary home where all life abounds and it's the source of our sustenance. The natural cycles of the Earth are growth, harvest, decay, and regeneration and a diverse array of topographical landscapes are found all over the earth. And with that comes many kinds of animals and plants, but the earth isn't just the creatures that live in it, it's also the earth itself. It's caves and mountains and forests and trees and plants. And the earth element is usually assigned to the direction of north in the northern hemisphere or south in the southern hemisphere. Some people do um, believe that each direction changes based on where you actually are and some people don't do that so i'm going to give the directions based on the hemisphere just so you have that information but you can do with it what you would like so earth is usually 
represented by north in the northern hemisphere or south in the southern hemisphere. And it is often represented in the ritual by the use of the pentacle and is typically symbolized by green or brown. And earth is associated with strength, endurance, and dependability because it continues to thrive through the changing seasons year after year. So some correspondences that are associated with earth, I'm gonna list off, but again, these are just things that I have researched and experienced through just my own practice. So this is by no means the be all end all, and I encourage you to go research some things on your own, but this is just a brief list. So earth is associated with north or south, depending on how you practice, usually the season of winter. Colors are green and brown, and it is associated with the concept of discipline. Some examples of some plants that might symbolize this element are bay laurel and sage, and some crystals and stones it could be black obsidian or black tourmaline. Um, ritual tools that are usually symbolized by earth are bowls, pentacles, pentagrams, salt, and then just crystals or stones in general. Um, its symbols in nature are often just plants of any kind, rocks, minerals, crystals, etc. And some techniques that you could use to invoke earth could be like planting something in the ground, burying something anytime you're working with earth or soil. And it has to do with being grounded. The astrological signs associated with earth are Taurus, Capricorn, and Virgo. And in uh, tarot, earth is represented by the suit of pentacles. Earth is said to have a feminine and receptive energy. And some examples of ritual work that might involve Earth are things to do with your body and growth, anything that's involving material gain, money, finances, jobs, career, as well as the matters of the home and just physical possessions in general. Um, it's associated with death and rebirth, working with crystals as a whole, as well as plant work, herbalism, green witchery, and burying and planting. The next element I wanted to discuss is air. Air fills our lungs with breath. And even though we can't see it physically, we're made aware of air's presence as we breathe it into our lungs, as we feel it on our skin, as we see things blowing in the breeze. Air is movement in its purest form. And just like the wind blows around the globe, air brings change and life to us. The air holds the flying creatures and the clouds and the stars. And in the Northern hemisphere, Air is associated with the direction of east, and in the southern hemisphere, it is typically invoked in the west. Air is often symbolized in ritual by the use of a wand, and is usually represented by the colors yellow and white. Air is often associated with the soul because it's the source of breath and life, and it has associations with communication, wisdom, and the mind. So some examples of correspondences for air are the directions of east or west, depending on how you practice, the season of spring, the colors yellow and white. Um, it is thought to represent the concept of awareness, particularly of the mind. Some plants that might represent air are mugwort and myrrh and the stone citrine. Um, some ritual tools might be an athame, incense, a staff or a wand. And we see it in nature as clouds, uh, excuse me, clouds, fog, smoke, um, and just the breeze and wind. And some techniques that might invoke this element might be like blowing something away, extinguishing something, scattering things into the wind, etc. Um, it's associated with astral travel. So if you do anything that's like involving 
spiritual travel or anything with the astral plane that's said to involve the element of air. And it is said to be represented with things of the mind, mysticism, and intellect. And the astrological signs ruled by air are Aquarius, Gemini, and Libra. And in tarot, air is represented by the suit of swords. And it is said to have a masculine and projective energy. Some different ritual works that might involve air are mental work, intuition, psychic work, obtaining knowledge in general, breath meditation, telepathy, anything involving the astral plane. And if um, you choose to work with angels in your practice, angels are also said to be part of the air element. So next is fire and fire is what drives away the darkness. Fire warms us and gives us light and it creates passion inside of us. And unlike the other elements, fire doesn't have its own physical being. Instead, it appears as light and heat it's dramatic and powerful, and once it has burned something away, it disappears again. So due to this nature of consuming something through burning and changing the form of something, it's often seen as a symbol of transformation. So fire is usually assigned to the direction of south in the northern hemisphere, and in the southern hemisphere, it might be invoked in the north. Fire is often represented in a ritual by the use of an athame, which is a ritual blade, and it's symbolized with the colors of red and orange. Fire is revered for its heat, light, and transformative properties because it changes the form of anything that it touches. So due to its intensity and warmth, it is often seen as a symbol of sexuality and love, and it's related to strength, passion, activity, and just the innate force of life and vigor in all of us. Some examples of fire correspondences is the directions of south or north, depending on how you practice. The season of summer, the colors red and orange. Um, it's related to the concept of physical and emotional strength. And some examples of plants that might represent it could be chamomile or oranges. And there are many stones that are associated with it, but some examples are carnelian, rubies, and red jasper. And in a ritual setting, some tools that might represent fire could be an athame, candles, or incense. And we see this in the natural world through just wildfires. We see it through just heat and warmth in general, as well as the sun, ashes, anything involved with like burning. Um, so with that being said, some things that you could do that would invoke fire could be burning something. Um, anytime you're working with ashes of something that has already been burned, candle magic in general, as well as like energy work, spirit work, fire scrying, and anything that involves sex and love. So fire has to do with summoning things, banishing things, the strength and force of will, as well as just passion and taking action. And the astrological signs ruled by fire are Aries, Leo, Sagittarius. And in tarot, fire is represented by the suit of wands. And fire is said to have a masculine and projective energy. So next is water. And humans are almost entirely composed of water which is the fourth element in the cycle. Water comprises the majority of our bodies and is necessary to have us live. We can't live without water. We can go much longer without food than we can go without water. Even when we are fetuses developing in the womb, we're surrounded by water constantly and it's what keeps us alive in the amniotic fluid. Water falls to the earth as rain and it helps everything to grow and live. 
because without water, there would be no plants. And if there were no plants, everything would die. And because water also makes up the seas and the oceans, and there's so much that we don't know about them, water is often said to be kind of mysterious, and it kind of speaks to the parts of life that we don't really understand. And in a ritual setting, water might be represented by a cup or a chalice, and is often represented by the colors blue and silver. And in the Northern Hemisphere, water is usually invoked in the West, and in the Southern Hemisphere, it's usually invoked in the East. So some examples of water correspondences are the directions of West or East, depending on how you practice and where you are. It's associated with the season of autumn and the colors blue and silver. And the concept of freedom in general is said to be water. Some examples of some plants and botanicals that might be associated with water are going to be oak and yarrow. And there are many, many crystals and stones associated with water, but some of them are blue agates, pearls, opals, and seashells. And the tools that might be representative of this element are chalices, cups, cauldrons, mirrors, and potions. And we see this in the natural world through rain, um, any body of water, so a river, lake, pond, stream, ocean, ice, snow. And when you are cleansing, when you are taking a ritual bath, um, if you're making a potion, that all has to do with water. And it speaks to the emotions and the intuition. And the astrological signs ruled by water are Pisces, Cancer, and Scorpio. And tarot, water is represented by the suit of cups, and water is said to have a feminine and receptive energy. And some examples of ritual work that might involve water, it's going to be anything to do with the emotions and intuition. Um, and an extension of that would also be divination, as well as physical and emotional healing, cleansing, sanctification, love and relationships, dream work, and scrying. So next, I want to talk about the fifth and final element, which not everyone acknowledges, but many people do, and that is spirit. So spirit is not recognized by all practitioners or traditions by any means, but some do. And especially Wiccans usually involve the spirit element. And this is sometimes called ether or akasha. Spirit is the unifier of the four elements and is symbolic of the soul. It is symbolized by the crown chakra in some Eastern religions, and it might be represented by the halo in the Abrahamic faiths. It's often represented by the, just the belief in magic itself. And some people think that it's the force that connects us to magic. And it is usually symbolized with the colors of white or purple. And it's often considered to create the center of the magic circle, unlike the other elements which create the circle's perimeter. Um, some people, instead of invoking the spirit element, they may instead choose to invoke their preferred god or goddesses. And that's its role and that function. And even though the four elements often represent the beauty of the human experience as it relates to the natural world, they have some darker aspects as well, as does everything. So earthquakes, um, tornadoes, hurricanes, wildfires, tsunamis, all that stuff. These are the destructive qualities that are kind of associated with them because life is about balance. So even though those are usually thought of as being bad or negative, those things bring with them death, transformation, and then also by extension, life and rebirth. So these elements exist in many forms and they're capable of bringing life and death and they should be handled responsibly and treated with respect. So 
this is a little bit of a jump, but because we do have some extra time, I want to talk about the elements as they relate to astrology. So this is going to be Western tropical astrology specifically, because that's kind of where I know the most about. So if this doesn't apply to kind of other ways of going about this, then that's kind of my disclaimer on that. So this is referring to tropical Western astrology specifically. The 12 astrological signs are grouped into elemental categories. In each group, there are distinct characteristics that symbolize the natural world as well as the human psyche. So each sign and their elemental categories are going to be reliant on the others. Um, so usually, each of the four elements is associated with three signs, which I did mention briefly um, when I was listing off the correspondences. So we talked about Earth first earlier, so we're also going to talk about Earth signs first. So the Earth signs are Taurus, the bull, Virgo, the maiden, and Capricorn, the goats. These signs are generally considered to be practical, reliable, and sensual. Taurus is a builder and a strategist. Virgo is practical and meticulous, and Capricorn is materialistic and cautious. Earth signs are grounded in reality, and they are very much attached to what they can physically touch and observe. Earth signs are typically skilled at building and managing resources. They enjoy working hard and seeing obvious, tangible results from their work. Boundaries and a sense of order can help earth signs feel safe and in control. And earth signs, as well as water signs, are considered to be feminine. Not that they have to be feminine or women, but just that their energy in general is said to be feminine or receptive. So the signs that are ruled by the air elements are Gemini, the twins, Libra, the scales, and Aquarius, the water bearer. Air signs are thought to be intellectual, detached, and fair-minded and they are often humanitarian, social, communicative, and intellectual. Gemini is considered to be the most adaptable of the air signs. They take a more mental approach to life. They sort and redistribute different ideas. Libra is more action-oriented and is great at comparing, weighing, and valuing ideas. Aquarius is the most resolute of this group and is skilled at intuitively understanding the common values of ideas that may seem different at first glance. So air signs as well as fire signs are considered to have a masculine or projective energy. And again, doesn't mean that you have to be a man or identify as male. This is just saying the energy in general of the air element is projective and more aggressive. The fire signs are Aries, the ram, Leo, the lion, and Sagittarius, the archer. Fire spines are spontaneous, reactive, and assertive. And unlike water, which is fire's opposite, fire signs are not usually very reflective and they prefer to look outward rather than evaluate their inner world. Fire is impulsive, courageous, passionate, and creative. Fire, just like actual literal fire, is difficult to contain. And this is translated very differently into each of the fire signs. So Aries, prefers to focus on the present and future, and they don't really give that much thought to the past. And due to this focus of matters at hand and things to come, Aries is excellent at innovation, and they're very brave and enthusiastic. Leo is excellent at leadership, and because they are vision-oriented, passionate, and loyal, they tend to make better delegators than workers. They tend to think in a way that's very big picture, and the downside of that can be that they often struggle with being able to complete a task. They're better at kind of organizing and delegating responsibility to others. 
Sagittarius is the more emotional sign of this group, finding itself more concerned with things of the mind and the spirit, which is different in comparison to the other fire signs, which are more aggressive, and they tend to think of things that are more obvious and tangible instead of these kind of abstract concepts that might preoccupy the Sagittarius. Um, so again, fire signs often imbue in masculine or projective energy. And water signs are next. The water signs are Cancer, the crab, Scorpio, the scorpion, and Pisces, the fish. Water signs are fluid, emotional, and intuitive. Water signs rely more on emotion and feeling rather than logic and thinking. They are nurturing, protective, empathetic, and understanding. Cancer is the most emotional of the water signs, often feeling drawn toward matters of the home and the family. And because of that, Cancer is considered to be the most nurturing of this group. Scorpio is the most intuitive and reflective sign and is naturally gifted at understanding deep desires, motivations, and intimate connections. Um, Scorpio is usually the least understood of the water signs and maybe even of just all the signs in general. And Pisces is the most understanding of this group because it's very talented at being naturally compassionate and understanding. Pisces, before that reason, is often the most spiritually minded of the water signs. And similar to the earth signs, water signs are usually said to be possessors of a feminine or receptive energy. And also just want to give a little disclaimer here as well. Um, this is by no means the be all and end all of astrology. This is a very general introduction to this topic as it relates to the elemental energies. There's much more to talk about in this regard specifically, and it's a lot more information that I can put into a 30 minute episode. So I encourage everyone to go research, go look into astrology. If that's something that you work with. And also not everyone includes astrology into their practice. Not everyone involves the elements in these concepts. These are just some examples of some ways people might think about these ideas and some concepts. So I hope this was helpful. I hope it helps you kind of organize your thoughts. And if nothing else, I hope that it can give you a jumping off point to go deeper into the topics that resonate with you. We are coming up on our time, but this has been great. And I will see you guys next week.